0: Welcome to your next stop. And I am so excited. So this is not a clubhouse connection, which I know my last few have been clubhouse connections, but this is a connection through a connection through a connection. And I'm really excited about this because this is super close to my heart. So I want to introduce Crystal Heitzma. She is a life and
1: parenting coach. So welcome, Crystal. How are you? I'm so good. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah.
0: I'm really excited to hear your journey because so many people out there have certain abilities to do things, but they don't know how to turn it into business. And obviously Mm -hmm. this is what this podcast is. It's talking about passion and turning it into a money-making business. And I feel like you have done just that. So I can't wait Mm -hmm. to get into the story. Welcome to your next stop. This is Juliette Hahn. I am a wife, mom, virtual coach, public speaker, and crazy obsessed dog lover. I am so honored to be able to take you into the life of someone that has followed a passion. Every week, I hope you are as inspired as I am. Welcome to your next stop. Okay, so Crystal, tell us where you are. Um, like, what I basically have a lot of my guests start from when they were little, but it doesn't, you you don't have to. And it's, you know, we, it's, it does, a lot of them don't need to start when they're little, but some of them have said, like, I knew when I was little, this is what Mm -hmm. I wanted to do. They took a different journey and then ended up back in like where they fell in love with something in their childhood. So that might not be your story, but if you need to go back to that part, that's totally fine. Mm -hmm. But if you can take us like, you know, if you went to university and all that, like kind of your, your path and how you landed where you are. Okay.
1: Awesome. Um, yeah. So it is kind of similar to the story that you just said, kind of a turnaround type thing, but I was raised in a home. My dad was a teacher and education was really important. And as I was going to school, um, I had I kind of that typical, what we call a fixed mindset now, fixed and growth mindset. And a fixed mindset would be like, you know, you care more about the outcome and the grades than the actual process of the learning. And it's not really a journey. And for me, it was that. It was exactly that fixed mindset. I really did love some aspects of learning and education. Um, but a lot of it, I really just did just to do. Like, I was like, I want to get A's. I want to please people, right? That was just my whole kind of, <laughs> my whole scene. And besides that, um, most homes back then, I'm sure, like your so your home is probably similar to this was that our parents were a lot more, um, authoritarian. So it was more like rewards and punishments and, you know, children should be seen and not heard or, you know, loud, big, crazy emotions aren't necessarily just like open and welcome all of the time it's because they're hard and difficult, obviously. So anyway, so I was I, kind
0: I, of, I'm gonna. I'm actually going to pause you because it's very interesting. I did not come from a home. I, my, my mom uh, was career military uh-huh. and so she, and there were seven of them in five years. They lived all over the world, like in Germany. So my mom came from a very much like that. And my mom did not want that for us. So yeah. she always wanted us to express it. Both of my parents wanted us to express, but my mom also always laughs and says, even if I was supposed to be not seen and heard it, it didn't like, I could not physically do that to that. <laughs> yes. I think
1: that so many children feel that like, well, that's impossible. So that must mean that there's something wrong with me. And my parents actually did a great job from what their parents, you know, I think that right. that's always the right, right. Like the generations are just always changing. So they did significantly better than, you you know, the generation above them. And it was actually my parents who got me into my parenting journey because there's eight of us and I'm number three. Um, wow. I was the first one married first one to have kids. And then, um, about, I don't even know how many years later, a few years after I started having kids, my mom was like, just so you know, we kind of did this parenting thing wrong. Here's a book. <laughs> you should read it and you should do it differently than us.
0: <laughs> well, and, I mean, eight, eight kids that's, I, you know, I mean, I, yeah. came from, I came from five. I feel like the generations back then mm-hmm. definitely had a lot more children. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you, you kind of have to parent different. I mean, yes. uh, you know, right.
1: Yeah. It was, it was really different. It was loud and crazy and chaotic. And I feel for my mom. I mean, I have half that many and I feel like I have a hundred it's like loud all the time. So <laughs> yeah, it was definitely, it was definitely kind of a different, different era for sure that we, that we grew up in. And so, um, there was a couple things that I kind of learned from that. And, um, one was that I just didn't really have a lot of like the positive parenting tools that I talk about all the time, I didn't know any of that. That wasn't something that I grew up in at all. That was totally new to me. And the very first kind of opportunity I had to learn about this was when my mom gave me this book. It was Gordon Neufelt's Hold On To Your Kids. And it was probably when my son was, he's, my oldest is 14. He was probably like two or so when I, when I first read this book. So that, that kind of got me started on that journey. But on the other side of this, I still had growing up this fixed mindset of like, I just want to get the A's or even the A pluses actually A's like, was it even good enough. I was like, oh, I want to <laughs> get the A plus. I went to university because that's what you do out of high school. Same thing there. I would like not take classes that I knew were going to really stretch me and would, would be really difficult. Cause I was like, well, I might not get an A, like I, I have to get oh, an A. Okay. So, um, so that was kind of that experience piggybacking on that, I had this other experience where I was in high school and I was taking an options class and it was a psychology class. And I remember reading the textbook. My teacher was actually a terrible teacher, but I was reading this, the textbook. <laughs> and as I was reading it, I was like, I just had this like deep feeling that like, this was what I was going to do in life. I was like, this is it. Like, this is what I'm going to be. I was like, I don't even know what a psychologist does. Like, I don't even know what this means, but I just knew whatever that was, was what I wanted to be. And I never changed my mind. I went to university and my friends, all my girlfriends were, were like changing their minds, you know, like five times changing their major, have no idea what they want to do. And I'm like, no, I just really wanted to do that. But I still had this kind of fixed mindset of like just taking courses to, you know, kind of get it done. So fast forward, I finished my undergrad with one and a half children. I got pregnant halfway through university. So had my oldest pregnant with my second one by the time I finished. So it took quite a while to get it finished. And then I just settled in as a stay at home mom and kind of thought, okay, this is what I'm going to do. Like just going to be a stay at home mom. And, um, that book that my parents had given me, I was reading all about, you know, connection and relationship. And I just thought, well, if I have the chance to kind of build this attachment and connection with my child, I should. So I'm going to keep them home for a couple of years. So when my son was in kindergarten, I decided for grade one, I was going to keep him home for grade one and grade two, just to build that connection and attachment. Like it talked about in the book, it didn't say to keep your kids home, but I was like, well, I might as well, if I can, if I've the opportunity to. Right. So I kind of fell into homeschooling, which none of my friends did my dad was like, "What are you doing?" I think everybody was like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> I think I was that I also felt that same way. Well, but but the fact that your dad
0: was a teacher, right? So he was yeah. like it was so that education was there. So, a couple of things that I want to touch on that I loved what you said mm-hmm. is that when you were in, in high school and and the fixed mindset of, I just, I don't want to stretch myself, right? I don't want to, I don't want to yeah. fail. I don't want to fail. So I'm going to be safe, right? So you, you kind of did that and you were safe. And then when you got to university, how you studied that one thing and the teacher, it wasn't that the teacher and you connected, it was that the information connected. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's really important. And this is what I want my guests always to hear. And I talk about it time and time again in this podcast is there's a spark that you feel and sometimes people stuff that spark. Cause they're like, I don't know yeah. what that is. I don't like that. Cause that's uncomfortable <laughs> and they stuff it. And that's why I always say, like, I, I tell my kids all the time, no, you, you feel that spark go with it. Let's explore it. Let's figure out what that spark is. It might turn out to be nothing, It might just turn out to be, uh, you know, something that you're sitting in with right there, but that spark could lead to different opportunities. So like that spark is such an important thing. So I love that you felt that spark and we're like, you know what, I'm going to put that in the back of my mind. I'm still going to be safe and not do too much, but Mm -hmm. you always had that. And then you jumped into, into parenting, right? So you had your two, your two children. So, okay. So that you are now, decided I'm gonna stay home. so of course everyone was like, What are you doing with homeschool? How old's your second?
1: Um my second is twelve now. so at that time, I'm thinking so my oldest was probably in kindergarten, so he's five, so he's probably six when I took him home and my second was probably four-ish and I must have just barely had my third then by then. so he was like a baby. so at, by this time, I think I probably was definitely stuffing my spark down because I was like, <laughs> well, I'm just a mom and not even just a mom like overwhelmed, tired, like exhausted, not just tired, like just right. You know, in the thick of it when your kids are little. So that's what I was in and life was just a little bit crazy. And so I'm at that time they'd given me this book. I read it, decided to keep my kids home, you know, told even in telling his kindergarten teacher, cause you're supposed to register for the next year. And I'm like, actually I'm not. She was like, what? And I was like, yeah, I know. And like, even inside, I was like, this is weird. This is like against the grain. So anyways, I did it anyways, kept them home. And in my mind, it was going to be like this magical fairy tale where like, it was like their kindergarten classroom and everybody just sits there and like eats their snacks that are like cutely chopped up and like colors and stuff. Anyways, it was not like that. We all just like yelled at each other all day. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm laughing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So I, my oldest is uh, 15 and then I have a a 13 year old and they're both almost 16 and 14. but like during this whole pandemic, I mean, I, I'm dyslexic, so there is like a whole thing there, but yeah. um, I, and I love being a mom. Like that was like when I, I decided to stay home and not go back to the corporate world as well. And my mom was in education. She's a kindergarten teacher. Like I was older when she went back to uh, school, but I could totally picture that. Cause it, right. You have this like image, yeah. like, Oh, it's going to be this. And then all of a sudden it's like. Shit, okay, this is not what I expected. You're like, this is not
1: the same. Why are they not sitting and listening quietly? (laughs) It was just not, it was not that. I tried, I tried recreating public school at home, which. If anybody's tried does not work. It's like (laughs) a disaster, which is why COVID schooling has been so horrible for everybody because it's just, it's not the same situation. Like it's not, you can't take those two and make it be the same. And it took me a while of like butting heads, trying to get him to do these things, especially my oldest at the time, because my younger was kind of just doing his own thing. But my older son, just like trying to get him to learn the things that I felt like he should learn or that the curriculum was for that year. And we just argued a lot. So during that time, I had learned about this kind of connection parenting, but I definitely wasn't able to incorporate it. I read about it. I learned about it. I was like, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. And I would try, but I think that I still, I just for years struggled with it. So even though I had it in the back of my mind and was like, this is the way I parent and this is the way I want to parent. Like looking at my actions, I totally was not parenting that way at all. So I started reading because I'm always like reading everything. I'm like, okay, there's like something wrong with our, our homeschooling journey. What are we going to do here? So I'm reading these books, watching some Ted talks that were super inspiring. And um, a lot of what I read was like, you have to inspire someone to learn. Like the best teachers are the ones who inspire their children to learn. You can't shove the, like, I think I was just taking this information and like, I can just jam it in their head really quickly (laughs) and then like go about our day. And so I, I was like, well, am I inspiring? And that was the first time that I kind of was like, I don't know. Like, what do I like doing? I have no idea what I like doing. I like doing nothing. I watch Netflix when my kids are asleep. Like those are what I do. I do mom and I do Netflix. And so I didn't have a passion at all at that point. Like it was a lot for me to even be like, what does bring me joy? What can I do? Like what would be enjoyable here? So anyway, so it was a little bit of a process to kind of uncover that spark again and be like, okay, I remember that I used to like this thing called psychology. <laughs> let's, let's read some stuff here. <laughs> so I'd read a lot of like parenting books. I had gone on beyond Newfeld and had read some other books and gone to some other courses. So I started reading a lot of like Brene Brown and positive psychology and that. Um, ones that I loved. And then I would read, I would write up like reports about them so that I'd remember what I was learning. And I started just kind of doing little learning things just to learn. Nobody was grading me on them. And I was like, this is weird. Even my son was like, why are you writing a report? Like, are you sending it in? And I was like, no, I'm doing it for myself.
0: But it did it. Like, did you start feeling that like excitement? Like yeah. That spark, right. Right. And so that's, I, yeah. I don't know if you know, but I have a course basically to help. And it might, a lot of my target is women that are just, you know, that have decided to stay home because that's what they want to do. And we want to mm-hmm. stay home. We want to be with our children, but then we lose ourselves somewhere along the line. And then all exactly. of a sudden they get a little older and you're like, wait a second what do I love to do? I don't, I don't, I don't know anymore. I don't remember. I don't remember it. And so I have a course to help people tap into their creative passion and start like uncovering it and doing these uh, different modules. So I love that you, obviously you're a, you know, a determined person, right? You were like, there's going to be people that are in that same situation that you're in that are just going to sit there and kind of be miserable people. But you were like, no, Mm -hmm. I want to change something. I want to change something. I want to do something better. So I love that you did that. And that probably I can actually like you, like the way you described that was so perfect because I can see, and I actually got that feeling too, because I could feel it. I hate reports. I did not do well in school. You know, I mean, I did, I went to the university, but it, you know, it was a struggle, um, until I got to university and then I found what I wanted to learn communications. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this is a whole new world. And I got that Mm -hmm. spark again. So I could literally just see you doing that and being excited. Right. And I'm sure your husband and your kids saw it too. Like, Oh, what's mom doing? There's a little, like a little skip in her step, right? A little step in your skip. You know what I mean?
1: (laughs) Yes. And that's exactly what this, like all of these books that I've been reading were like, you find your spark. And then that's, what's going to spark them. Yes. Right? You can't just be like, learning's awesome. As I go sit and watch Netflix, like, that's not like, they're going to be like, but why, or like <laughs> what even matters? Right. Like, why does this matter? So I, it was like really, really gradual. I mean, I'm giving you the like quick version, but it was like a very slow, gradual process over course. the course of a few years of me, like learning about learning and finding like their optimal ways to learn. And we actually moved across the country. So we live in Canada. We were living in Western Canada, moved to Eastern Canada for my husband to his, to do his MBA. And even him, going back to school to do his MBA totally started because of this too. Because as I'm like trying to find my passion, trying to figure out what the kids' passions are, what do they love doing? Let's all do what we love doing. He's just like, wait, I'm not doing what I love doing. <laughs> like what the heck? When did I get right. fall, like, you know behind all of this? So then he was like, maybe I should do something differently. So it was really homeschooling that started this for all of us. I don't know if I would have ever gotten to the point of like figuring out, okay, I need to have a passion again and my husband doing his own. And anyway, so fast forward, we were living in Eastern Canada and all of this like lovely educational atmosphere is going on and going great. And I'm learning and finding my passion. But meanwhile, during all of these years, I have children that are neurodivergent. So they have some disabilities um, or diagnosis and it's really difficult. So at that time they hadn't been diagnosed yet. This one specific child hadn't been diagnosed yet. I'm in the process of getting a second child diagnosed. So I'm just, I know that they're, it will be the same, but anyway, so this first child, he's getting more and more and more difficult and his behaviors are getting more and more challenging. And I'm reading more about parenting and not able to implement any of it. And I'm like, I'm still yelling. I'm still impatient. My child's struggling. I'm struggling. We move across the country away from all of our support systems, which I'm sure is what made it so much more difficult for him, even though he couldn't verbalize that at this time he was about nine. And then he just like, he just lost it. Like he was, he was a disaster and I was a disaster back at him and life was just a disaster. And I called a mental health therapist over there and was like, I need help. I don't know what to do. And I knew that I loved um, this connection-based parenting, attachment-based parenting. So I actually found a facilitator who was a psychoeducator in that area that also um, specialized in that. And she gave me another book and was like, read this book. And I call it the parenting Bible because it's my favorite. It's called rest, play, grow by Deborah McNamara. And I read it and she was like, read these few chapters. And really all she did for me was like, shift my expectation about like, you know, why do you think at this age and this stage, he should be this, this, and this when he's actually this, this, and this, and maybe it will, he, he won't be like typical children. Maybe there is something else there and he'll, you know, be a little bit different. And so, cause my expectations were, you know, for more of a neurotypical child and even sometimes neurotypical children don't you know, develop emotionally at the same stages. So anyways, a lot of it had to do with me shifting my expectations. So a lot of it was just inner work for me so that I could show up in a different way. So when he would have these giant meltdowns that I wouldn't have a giant meltdown back at him, which had been our pattern in the past. Right.
0: What, can you explain a little bit just for my listeners? So like where my family were, well, myself and my oldest were mm-hmm. dyslexic. So dyslexic, you know, and then sensory as you know, my kids, all of us yeah. and you know, my dad, my sisters were all so, and my mom was an education. So like, you know, the socks or the certain outfits that like when babies were supposed to wear, like my my kids, we did not wear them. Like my daughter still does not really wear socks. And when she was little, like people would be like, her feet are going to be cold. And I'm like, she's fine. I just happened to be that parent that was okay with it. Mm -hmm. She hated brushing her hair. So her hair was a lot of time like a mess. But I know now it was because her scalp was like very sensitive. But like, you know, a a different mother would have fought with her to brush her hair where I was just like, if you want to look messy, it's not like, I'm not messy Mm -hmm. right now. So That's on you, not me. And I would, but it's like, so there was a lot of things, you know, that I learned and I see though in like, you know, siblings or other family members, I can tell, oh, their their child's having sensory stuff. And the parent is not not aware of it. Like Mm -hmm. that kid does not want to wear tights because that's not making Mm -hmm. them feel good. Or they only want to wear leggings all the time. Um, Or like underwear, like underwear, you know, for certain kids is like, like they don't want to wear underwear because it doesn't feel good. Yeah. So so, that's
1: one of my children. I have, they all have those like different foods or different like textures on their skin, t-shirts versus long sleeve shirts. Yeah. Or like the tags, like we're all, and even
0: uh, I was like that. So I just always assumed like when my kids were little, I always would cut the tags. And I remember my husband being like, why are you cutting tags out? And I was like, <laughs> like, Oh, or like you don't sleep with a lot of stuff on. And you know, some mm-hmm. people will be like, well, you should sleep. And I'd be like, no, ew. like I, I, I need just my sheets. Like I don't want not yeah. to, to get into how I sleep, but there are certain things that just were very natural for me. And so it, it translated very well for my children but i know i have friends that have it's maybe their husband that they inherited from their husband's mm-hmm. family and the mom doesn't understand it or something you know they don't understand it so it is a really you know as as parents and as mothers Having our children grow differently than what we expect or doing things than we differently expect is, is sometimes is like a hard thing to swallow, but, um, Mm -hmm. doing the education of what you did and, and seeking help is so important because if it doesn't feel like something's going on, that is right find some help, right? So find someone yeah. like you that now knows what you're doing, you know, reach out to crystal. If you're like, you know what? I, I, I hear everything she's saying and I don't know what to do. I'm flustering. And sometimes as mothers, we don't like to ask for help because yeah. we're, we're ashamed of something. Um, and I, I'll, it's so funny. I'll never forget. Like my boys never had temper tantrums. They were literally anything I said, they would be like, okay, my daughter came. And I remember the first time she had her temper tantrum and it was just cause she's a stro- a stronger will child. And I remember being like, holy crap, what the hell is happening? And we were like, like,
1: yeah, where did this come
0: from? My older son's school. And it, cause we had to leave and she didn't want to leave. And I didn't think, cause the boys, I would say, let's go. And they would be like, they would just follow me. And she was like, I don't want to go. And I was like, oh, well we have to, this is not your school. Well, I'm not. I was like, oh, excuse me? I was like, yeah, but then yeah. The, you know, there's <laughs> people, around, right. And there's people around and then I got embarrassed and it was like, what do you, and then it was just like, you know, you get stern and then she was embarrassed and the whole thing. And I, later I said to my husband, I remember, I'd be like, Oh my God, I handled that so wrong. Like that wasn't mm-hmm. her fault. That was totally my fault because I didn't know what to do. And there was all these parents around looking at me like, Oh, she just said no. Interesting. And I like, I, I literally picked her up and ran. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> as she was screaming and I was like, Oh my God, just what happened? And my middle son was with me and he's like, mommy, what happened? And I was like, I don't really know. I'm going to get to the bottom. I mean, she was like, you know, one years old or something. So, you know, it was yeah. like, she was very young, but later I realized, okay, if she has, if she has got very strong opinions and sh- I have to really sit and talk with her, okay, Hey, this is what we're going to be doing in this time. And it, mm-hmm. even it, like, I couldn't rush her. And that was like, she had to put her shoes on herself. And like, when you have two old, older kids that have, and we have schedules and we have to be places, I remember it stopped me in my tracks and I was like, oh, I don't have time for her to like want to put her shoes on. Cause it's taking 35 minutes.
1: Yeah. We have to like go. And I think we do that often as moms when we kind of like rush them through. And there is, I talked to some parents who were just like, yeah, my kids have just been good and they just listen and life is good. And I'm like, what? There's yeah. families like that. Like,
0: Right. And as my kids. As the boys got a little older, like three and four and five, they, you know, they would do a little bit, but when they were little, it was like, literally, mm-hmm. I mean, my middle son literally was attached to my boob for like two years and I couldn't put him down. So like, it wasn't like, it was easy, but it wasn't the same. This was like a the very same, different yeah. situation. Like she didn't want to be held. She wanted to walk before she really even could walk. And if you picked her up, she would freak out. Oh, all right, You want to do it yourself. And now she is an independent, strong Woman, that is—it's uh, amazing. Like I'm like, oh, this is good. You're gonna like in society. A- it's
1: so good, but when they're little, <sighs> you like- just. I literally, I just was having an, a no experience with my child. So my children are like that, but even older now, they're still like, they'll, when they say no, it's no. So one of my children has, um, high autism, like high functioning autism, um, okay. and ADHD and anxiety and a couple other things. And so my second son's in the middle of getting diagnosed as well and probably has the same things. But when, they, when it's no for them, it's like, no, like there's literally no force in the world that right. could possibly change their mind. And it's not an age thing, but in my mind, I was like, this isn't acceptable for your age anymore. Right. I'm right. Like, okay, you're nine now. Like now you should just listen to what I have to say. <laughs> and like shouldn't have these giant meltdowns. And like those temper tantrums that you have at two, where they're screaming and yelling and throwing things and hitting are a lot more damaging when they're nine or twelve. Right, but right. But they're right, just right. as intense, right? Like so they're having this intense emotion. So when I like had my like, I don't know what to do anymore, I was really at the end. Like I should right. have asked for help way before I did, years before I did. It wasn't until I really felt like, okay, either him or I have to go here. So, like, (laughs) we're going to have to figure something out. So it was really, I I remember she came to my door and like opened the door and I just started crying and like gave her a hug. This this therapist that I do not know from anywhere. (laughs) And I'm like, I need help because I was like just floundering. And, um, anyways, and it was interesting because I just thought it was so him, 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 like he has the problem here. This is a him problem. And as I like started to learn more, I was like, I, it really was my reaction to him that then made his reaction even more severe. So it was like me just throwing gasoline on the fire and wondering why the fire is exploding. Like what, where are the explosions coming from? So it took me a little while to kind of figure that out. I actually only ever had her come over once, read the book, really started to change kind of my mindset and our relationship. That was also slow growth, slow change. So at the same time, I'm like, you know, uncovering my passions and going that way and figuring out parenting and things are getting a little bit Better and not quite as crazy, or at least I'm able to handle a little bit, a little bit more. It was probably over the course of a year or so that we really were able to transform our relationship together, and I saw that his behaviors decreased significantly. So once I could kind of get my acting gear and start doing this parenting thing that I had wanted to do this this way, I had wanted to do it. Then he kind of came around as well over time. So everything's kind of going well, and so I'm like, okay, what next? So I was like, all right, I'm going to go look for a master's program so I can you know do this psychology thing. And somebody invited me out. I think it was like way more than coincidence. I'm like, this was like divine intervention. Somebody invited me for this like evening that I went to And it was like a relationship night put on by a life coach from the life coach school. And she was amazing. And it was awesome. And I was like, wait, what are you? Who do you, like, what, what is this thing? And she's like, I'm a life coach. And I'm like, what's a life coach? What? And like, anyways, I was like, that is not what I thought a life coach was. And so the more I looked into it, it was only a couple of weeks. I'd been looking into master's programs at the same time. And I'm like, I think I always in the back of my mind had this in mind, but I thought this was like a therapist, but therapists really work with people that are below that baseline that are like struggling to, you know, get out of bed or need medication or diagnosis or really struggling in life. And I think in my mind, I always had kind of a life coach or a counselor in mind as like what I wanted to be. So I quickly signed up for certification, even though I had no idea what a life coach was, I signed (laughs) up and was like, this is what I'm going to do in life and, um, certified and through certification, you, you can, you can basically be a life coach in whatever you want. Like you learn all of the tools and you get to decide what you want to do. So looking back at my expertise, I was like, really, I have years, like over a decade of reading about parenting, about struggling with parenting. This is my story. And so I started combining these tools because now what I see, why it was such a struggle for me was that these books are amazing and have such good information. And they even tell you like the how-to, they're like, oh, talk to your kids like this or love them like this. And I'm like, but how actually, like, what does that... mean?
0: Yeah. And you know, it, I'm going to take it back to like one so my, my old, my younger sister and I had our sons uh, literally a week apart and my sister was like a great sleeper. I was never, I mean, I'm a fine sleeper now, but I was always like, you know, like I'm just a lot of energy. And she was like, okay, so you just put him down and he goes to sleep. And I was like, <laughs> no, my, mine doesn't do that. And she's like, what do you mean? And I was like, he freaks out. And she's like, Oh, well you have to let him freak out a little bit. And I was like, I don't, that doesn't feel comfortable to me. She's yeah. like, you have to do it a little bit. Cause now he's like, you know, and I was like, eh, I don't know. She's like, read this book. So I read Hel- healthy baby. It was like one of the books that everyone recommends. Right. Yeah. And I read it and I tried it and he threw up and I was mine
1: like, mine too. Mine too. I was but like, oh every my God, time. I
0: can't. And I was like, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing sleep training. I let him sleep on me. He slept on me. We slept together. I did that. like. And I was like, you know what? That felt so much better. I, mm-hmm. I understand what the book is saying, but it's not a It's not a one fit fits all. Like that is not my child. No. My child needs something from me. And I can't like, I I literally, I mean, my husband was like, are you okay? I was hysterical. I was like, I made him throw up. Cause, me because too. Megan it's said awful. I, it's awful. She's like, he said, she said I had to do it or he's going to be like, have all you know, be all effed up with his sleeping and I don't want him to be (laughs) effed up. And um Mm -hmm. and all of her kids and none of my kids, I never slept, trained any of them, and they're all fine. They all sleep fine. But they needed that. Like I nursed them. I nursed them before they went to bed. If they woke up in the middle of the night. I mean yes, I was up in the middle of the night probably twice until they were 18 months but mm-hmm. it was fine. I rocked them. I was okay with it and it didn't mess them up. And so that's the other thing There's Sometimes it was just a gut thing and I didn't
1: like my gut was, you knew, you knew that that was a deeply feeling child. Like you don't know yes. until they're older. I had no idea my child was going to end up with ADHD and autism. And like when he was little, obviously all of those things were just more, <laughs> were harder for him. Right. Even right. when he was a baby. Yes. And so I think yeah, just trusting that intuition that you have of like, no, this is not like, this isn't going to work for this child. Right.
0: Yeah. I mean, we, we laugh about it now. Cause she's like, oh my God, you just put Bradley to bed. All of her kids, her kids would ask to go take a nap. My kids stopped napping at like one and a half, but yeah. like, you know, and so we would, she would be like, yeah, sorry. I really pushed that book on you. And I was like, you did. And you made me feel like if I didn't do it, that he was going to be all left up. And then I made him throw yeah. up. I called her. She's like, no, he should not be throwing up. And I was like, right. He's so upset. I was like, I can't do this. Yeah. So I mean. it he wasn't like a newborn and, you know, I would never have done it in a newborn, but this was like when he was like seven or eight months old where it said like, okay, now he shouldn't be, you know, you shouldn't be waking up at the middle of the night. And I was, you know, (laughs) it was a mess. So I love that you were like, no. Okay. I love that those books are there and that's a good reference, but I want to dig deeper and I want to be able to connect with people to give them both sides of the thing, like, and talk about the child. I,
1: I remember my friend, she went to one of these conferences with me, or she was reading a book with me and she was like, I don't get how this works. Like, I don't get how to actually do this. And like, maybe potentially if I only had one, I could like focus all my time and attention and connection to that one. And she's like, but I don't. So that's not possible. But even with one, I know people with just one and still struggle with it because they're not telling you the how to with your human brain. So we have this human brain that's like negative and that has all this mindset drama, all this emotional drama going on. And then we take all of that drama and we're like, now do this lovely step-by-step approach of like positive parenting. And we're like, what, but those (laughs) two don't go together. And I learned these life coaching tools and I'm like, wait, what the, like, why are people not like, why is this not what's being taught in the books, right? Like, because that I felt like was the bridge between this human crazy drama brain that I have and that all of us have. And this like idealistic parenting that I wanted to achieve. I could actually achieve that in my own way, obviously not like, you know, step-by-step instructions, but I was able to figure it out my own way when I started to learn these life coaching concepts and combine the two of them. And the two of them together are like, just so powerful.
0: Stay tuned for a quick message from my sponsor. Hi, my name is Shari Hodes, and I'm the president of Aura Limited, a proud all-women-owned brand marketing and global sourcing agency. Simply put, we provide fashion-forward swag for any and all of your branding needs. Please visit us at www.auralimitedspelledout.com. Okay, so can you tell and I we we have a couple more minutes, but I want so you basically there, then you became certified in life coaching and parenting. And so that's where you combine both of them. Can you tell people where they can find you? Because it's again it's like close to my heart, and I love when people follow obviously a passion because that's what this is all about. But also I Mm -hmm. love being a parent. I love being a parent. I love the complex about it, but there's times where you're like Oh my god, can everything just flow for a second? But you know it can't. And yeah. so it's uh it's it's a wonderful thing that you're doing. So share it to you know everyone. Yes, you- yes,
1: I will. So yeah, so I certified in March of 2020. I decided to start a company. At the time, I was like, I'm just gonna work a little bit on the side, but I loved it and I just dug right in and now yeah, now it's everything. I I, I still homeschool my kids, I work, you know, 15 to 20 hours a week. My husband is at home working as well. And now we yeah, things are just lovely. I mean, they're obviously not perfect, but But um, things are really, really good. And so now I have the ability to help others go through the same process that I did and give them the tools that they need, all of the tools on both sides of the spectrum. And so one-on-one, I work with people, usually um, either with couples or with moms that are struggling with children with some really difficult behaviors and that they might not necessarily get the individualized help that they need in a group setting. But then I also run a monthly program for moms. And so I take these life coaching tools and I combine them with all of the connection-based parenting that I teach. And, and that's what we learned. So my monthly program is called by design and I just launched a podcast not too long ago called the freedom moms podcast, where you can learn all about connection-based parenting. And I give like a tool or a tip every, every, um, episode. And then on Instagram is my main hangout. So I'm the dot parenting dot coach on Instagram. And yeah, you can find me all those places.
0: I love it. So to the monthly course, can you just spell that out? Because for all my yeah. listeners that are dyslexic and we're all like trying to write it down and then we're like, shit, yes. I can't find, can't find crystal because yes. I like So the monthly,
1: if you go to www.coachcrystal.ca, you can get a free course there that I created called radical connection. And this will be like a really quick little guide to like, get you into like, what is this connection-based parenting? Why does it work? Why is it? It's, it's so much more healthy of a relationship style to have. And the whole reason that I do it is because I want to create that home environment where our children learn to be emotionally intelligent and resilient and don't have to like be adults that are just like spending their whole life healing from all of these things that happen when they were little. So um, so radical connection you can find on my website www.coachcrystal.ca. and then my program is called By Design. So you can find that on Instagram in the link in my bio, or you can find it on my website under work with me. And is it by, is it by? By, Yeah. By design. B-Y design. Design. Living your life by design. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Okay. And this will all be in the show
0: notes as well. Well, Crystal, thank you so much for joining us. And I love this. And you know, it's, it's funny because, um, the parenting style that when I, and I didn't know I was even doing it, but I was like, I want my kids to have opinions. I want them to talk to me. I want them like, if they disagree with me, I want them to say, I disagree with you. It might not matter, but like, I might be like, great. I'm so glad I love to hear your opinion. It's still going to be this way, but thank you for sharing. You know, we have always raised them that way. And it's funny because even now as they get older, like sometimes they'll ask, Hey, can we go, you know, can we go to it's Hampton coffee to get like a, a sandwich or whatever. And I'm like, no. And and my, you know, one son would be like, he said no three days in a row. And I'm like, keep asking. I love that you ask every day. And there's other parents that are like, that's so annoying. I wouldn't want them to ask I was like, Nope, I want yeah. them to ask because you never know when you're going to get a yes. You never know. So don't and ask questions, right? I think it's so important mm-hmm. for kids to ask questions questions because that's how we learn. So Mm -hmm. I love everything you're doing. So guys, if you like what you hear, you know what to do, share and rate and review, and please go to crystal's, um, podcast as well. Can you crystal, can you shout that out again?
1: Yeah. So it's the freedom moms podcast and it's moms with an S. Yeah. Moms with an S. Yes. So go yeah.
0: and rate and review as well. Cause that's how we get our messages out guys. That's how we mm-hmm. have more people hear it. if you go and give us a, re- a review, if you rate it and then also share. So we will see you guys, you guys know it's my episodes are coming out Monday and Wednesday. And don't forget to tune in for the next person that has followed a passion and turned it into a career. So thank you so much, Crystal. I really appreciate thank you, you joining us. I hope you liked this episode of Your Next Stop. Please subscribe to my channel, share with your friends and join in each week.